Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. It is a jam-packed Tuesday edition of JJ After Duck. It's John Zestrimsky right here on The Fan. And very fired up to welcome in one of my favorite players over the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years. Watching baseball, watching this guy just rake no matter where he was playing. Uh, he's now a part of the Hall of Fame class. He had to wait a year to go up to Cooperstown. But I think that wait is, dare I say, worth waiting for. Let's welcome in... Larry Walker. What's happening, Larry? How you doing, man? All's good. Thank you. Thanks for having Larry, me. Larry, you got it, man. First of all, congratulations. Now that it is a year after the fact, how sweet does that sound, man? Larry Walker, Hall of Famer. Yeah, it's, uh, it has a ring to it that, uh, like I said, I don't think I'm quite used to it yet. I'm not used to any part of the Hall of Fame stuff yet, uh, uh, especially since this last year. We've kind of been locked indoors and uh, things have been on a standstill, but uh uh, I realize what's coming this July, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's well-deserved. Congratulations. And, you know, I'm curious, Larry, you know, somebody who was on the ballot for a long period of time, and, you know, year after year, it felt like your candidacy was getting more and more support. And I was always one of those guys, I looked at the numbers. I think about best hitters of a generation. To me, you were part of that list. How did it feel watching it from afar? Like, were you thinking, all right, this is something that's not meant to be. Were you confident all along? How did you feel thinking about the Hall of Fame over the last five, six years or so? Well, I've never considered my, myself Hall of Fame at anything. So, so to say that I thought that I was going to make it in baseball would be a stretch. So, um, But I saw the numbers rising, I guess, and, and, and saw some positive uh, increases throughout the years. And, you know, I, I was never really prepared for – getting the phone call and you know they only call you if you make it you never get one saying hey you didn't make it you're short so uh um th this year when the or i guess last year now when the when the call came uh it was absolute shock and uh i think you can if if you ever saw the the video of when the phone call came i kind of froze and 
family and friends around me went bonkers. So it was a, it was a joy for all of us. Larry, we're here in New York City doing radio. You're going to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame with a guy the audience knows very well, Derek Jeter. How has that experience been in your interactions with the captain? Oh, it's been amazing. Like I say, I, I've only known him uh, as, as a, an opposing player, and and uh, and then to get to meet him and hang out with him and talk with him, really great guy, down to earth. I can I can get why uh, he's so well liked and everybody loves him and. Um, you know, what, what a joy. And, uh, you know, it's an honor and privilege to go into the hall. It's even more of an honor and privilege to go in with, with Derek. So I'm looking forward to it. Larry, you think about your career. Great run in Montreal. Great run in Colorado. You finish it with a bang with the St. Louis Cardinals. Do you identify yourself with one of those three franchises, maybe more than the rest? Well, I think, you know, you know, going in as a Rocky makes me identify with them probably the most, obviously. I spent almost 10 years there. Um, and then behind that would be Montreal um, for the six years I spent there. But like I say, it's, a, it's, a, it's an argument that uh, folks to understand because being a Canadian myself and, and going in with a Rocky hat, uh, it might have rubbed a few people the wrong way, but uh, I think all in all the numbers make sense. And ultimately it's a Hall of Fame's decision and uh, we both agree. You know, Larry, you think about 1994, and as someone who grew up a big Yankee fan, I thought we were on a collision course, man. It was going to be your Expos against Don Mattingly and the New York Yankees, and we know what happened with the player strike and whatnot. Um, When you think about that year, do you, along with many of your Montreal teammates, say, man, what could have been? You know, we were the best team in baseball. We should have maybe won a World Series. Like, is that something that you guys, you know, still talk about to this day? Well, personally, with the guys, we don't talk about it. Uh, it does come up. Uh, I, I guess <laughs> there's probably two questions that come up more than anything for me. Uh, one of them being what you just asked me about the 94 team, the other being about me giving a ball away with only two outs at Dodger Stadium on Sunday night game of the week. So those those seem to be the two most popular. And, you know, with the, with the Expo one, it, it's a tough one to swallow, even though you really don't know what's going to happen, right? I mean, you you, you play an amazing season and you could get knocked out the first round of the playoffs. But uh, we, were, we were quite a, a young, impressive team that was kind of mowing down everybody at the time. And 30 games above 500 when the strike hit. And uh, you, you get told it's going to be a couple weeks. And before you know it, the season's canceled. And then players are going in different directions. And that team never gets to prove itself. And who knows, maybe, maybe baseball still exists in Montreal if that franchise stays together. Larry, as someone who's a Canadian, do you think that there could come a point in time when Major League Baseball finds its way back in Montreal? Well, they're 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 scratching and clawing to get it back there. I'll tell you, you know, there's a there's a lot of people that are are trying to make Major League Baseball realize that they they'd like to get it back, and and uh, and if that does, I think they could succeed. But I think they're gonna only way they succeed is if if Olympic Stadium doesn't exist and they move a, a new ballpark downtown to where they can make it more accessible for people living in the city instead of having to drive out to the big O, which as we all know is uh, a tough place to play in, tough place to get to and, and seem to be falling apart all the time as well. Unfortunately, we got the hall of fame of the great Larry Walker is nice enough to give us a couple minutes here on this Tuesday night. Uh, Larry, I will forever remember you in an all-star game 
against Randy Johnson. And I'm still cackling thinking about it to this day. A guy as talented as you, a guy who was able to hit, you named the pitcher, you dominated him. What was it about Randy Johnson, man? Is it that lefty-lefty, fierce slider, 6'10"? What was it about Randy Johnson that gave us that great moment of comedy in the All-Star game? Well, that was back when the All-Star game was fun, right? Now it's uh, now it's a little... What a concept, you know, Larry? The All-Star game fun and actually being appealing. Yeah, what a concept. Crazy, right? No, bring that back. That was, uh, you know, it was a time for for us as players to relax and have fun and, and for the fans to enjoy some some comedy or some fun as well. But, uh, but you know, the game was still played and, and it was, and it was interesting. Um, you know, I, I, the, the, I can't believe the ball slipped out of Randy's hand like that complete accident. Right. So, but, uh, maybe not, but it was, uh, it was a good laugh for all of us. And, uh, and I had some fun with it. Randy and I had known each other for many years in the expo organization. So it was, uh, it was a good time to have that. When you think about pitchers you faced throughout your career, is Randy Johnson the toughest guy you had to face? Well, um, that's another common question. Who's the toughest pitcher you ever faced? Uh, you know, Randy, Randy hit it almost 400 against Randy, so I can't put him up there. No, but, when uh, you hit 400, I think you're good. I think you're okay, Larry. <laughs> Not too shabby. But, uh, but Wally Whitehurst, if you remember him, I believe I was 0 for 18 in my career, so I, I got to put him at the top of the, at the pile. Wow, what was it about Wally Whitehurst that Larry Walker couldn't solve? I, I wish I would have known that answer because I would have maybe got a couple of hits, but it just seemed like, uh, you know, not a lot of strikeouts, but just balls that couldn't play. Guys were catching. I remember Daryl Boston took a home run away from me one time against him. And I think a couple of umpires made some diving plays on me too, so I just couldn't couldn't get a hit. Do you have, and you probably play with so many favorite and great teammates over the years, but do you have, you know, a favorite teammate that you still are very very tight with to this day that you talk to all the time? You know, I've never, I, I never, I, I, that, that's a good question. And I'd always put a ton of people in that class because I, I enjoyed playing with a lot of guys, you know, and uh, there was a lot of good times and, um, you know, unfortunately not a lot of winning times that I could say I celebrated with a lot of my players hosting a World Series trophy over our heads. But, uh, you know, a lot of guys, especially the early days, uh, Tim Wallach, Mark Gardner, uh, the, you know, Tom Foley, Spike Owen, those guys in my early days in Montreal, Mike Fitzgerald, they just uh, were good leaders and role models for me coming up through the system. Larry, did it mean a lot to you as a guy who had this terrific major league career? You end up in the Hall of Fame, but your last two years in St. Louis, you played on two terrific, terrific teams. Was that an important way for you to end your career playing on a team that went to the World Series playing on a team that went to the NLCS. I'm sure, you know, getting that stage, getting that October opportunity, it had to meant a lot. Well, as players, we, we play for one thing, really. And uh, if anybody says anything different, they're lying. But it's just to win. And, you know, that's, there's nothing better than winning. Uh, I don't care what your paycheck size is or, or how good your year was personally. Uh, to, to, to win as a team and, and dump champagne over each other is the best feeling there is. So, uh, so obviously to make it to the World Series in 04 with the Cardinals was a blast. Uh, it, it sucked that we had to be the ones that are the trivia question forever on who finally ended the streak for the Red Sox, but that's just the way it goes. And uh, and then making the playoffs again in 05 was, uh, was an okay way to go as well. Do you have, Larry, now when you watch Major League Baseball, a guy that you love to watch hit? Is there somebody that stands out? 
Well, it's hard not to watch that trout guy in, in, in yeah, California. Yeah, he's not, he's not too bad, Larry. Just saying. He's not, yeah, he's, I think he's he might good. be joining you in Cooperstown in a couple of years. Just saying. Yeah, he's, he's, he's already in, I think. <laughs> Must be nice, right? Like he, it's amazing for certain guys. They could walk away tomorrow. And, yeah, I'd vote Trout as the first ballot Hall of Famer. So Trout is the guy. Um, have you gotten a chance to watch LeMayu do his magic and do his thing? We love watching him here with the Yankees, man. What a hitter well, he is. I, yeah, amazing, isn't it? I mean, just the capability of hitting the ball to right field whenever he feels like, you know. And, you know, we talked about the captain earlier, and, and you know, he had that capability, too, of turning on a ball if he so felt like it. But he could inside out a ball with the best of them, and DJ can do that same thing. And, and defensively, you know, uh, I think a little underrated. He could he can pick it a second. No doubt about it. Does it bother you as a guy who is able to, you know, master the art of hitting for a high average Look at the way baseball is played now where, you know, on-base percentage may be a stress now more than ever. You see a lot of guys with low batting averages, hitting in the shifts and whatnot. That approach, do you think it's changed dramatically for a whole lot of guys, Larry, with the launch angle and some of the, you know, stuff in general that these hitting coaches are stressing? Well, I don't get it, first of all. So, you know, I, I, I coach Team Canada whenever we have some events, and, and we've had a couple players come in. And they, they take batting practice and it's, they're swinging, you know, from their heels to their shoulders. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? And they go, this is, this is how we hit. And I go, well, okay. and I just sit there and I got no, no response because it's just a new way of doing it. So yeah, I don't, I don't really understand it. I don't understand all the launch angles and all that stuff. I guess that's the newer way. Uh, and more of that stuff happened once I left the game. So I'll, I'll leave it for them to figure out. Larry, favorite ballpark? All so many good ones. Man, I miss being in a stadium. I know I speak on behalf of a whole lot of people listening. Uh, you played a ton of years at Coors Field. You bounced around. You saw them all. Did you have a personal favorite? Um, you know, it was always nice to play in San Diego because you knew you were never going to get a rain delay. So that was a bonus. Um, but you know what? Not many people would say Wrigley Field uh, being an outfielder. But as a, as a right fielder... Um, I always appreciated the the comedy acts that would go on with myself and the fans on the right field. They came up with some great one-liners and would just bury me if I was having a bad game. And if I had a good game, I'd go out there and, and try to return the favor to them. So they're they always on top of their game, and I appreciated that. Tremendous. Larry, before we get you out of here, uh, now next stage in your life, what's next for Larry Walker? You're a Hall of Famer. You had this exemplary big league career. Uh, what do you want to tackle? What's next for you? You know, I'm pretty low key. Uh, I, I, and I didn't know that until I retired. Um, cause when you're playing, you're always in the spotlight and you're always being seen. Uh, once I retired, I, I didn't want to be seen. I didn't, I didn't need to be heard from, uh, for me, that stuff's more for the current players. And, you know, then the hall of fame stuff happened. Obviously some things changes. So I, I, I do a few more things now, but I'm quite content just hanging out with some friends here and there, playing a little golf or doing a few charity events here and there, fishing with my, my buddies and family and brothers, and, uh, and, and that's good. I, I, I wake up without too, too big of a schedule, and I just try to take life pretty simple every day. Well, Larry, I expect to see some video footage in Cooperstown of you dropping some bombs on the golf course. You going to take care of that for me or what? <laughs> I just played 27 holes a day, so... Look at you, 27! What, uh, <laughs> how many birdies on a scorecard? 
Uh, I think today was four. I shot two over for the 72 Oh, hole, so. man, jealous. Larry, see, you professional athletes, it's not fair, man. <laughs> it's not fair. You guys go from the baseball field dominating. Now you're shooting two over par. Come on, man. You got to spread the wealth. We, we, we need some nice things, us hacks, you know? Well, the, the, golf, the, the golf ball doesn't move. It just sits there, so it's pretty easy to hit every time. Hey, easy to set it down. Listen, Larry, congratulations, my friend. It was a pleasure having you on. I loved watching you hit for all these years. And I'm looking forward to the speech up in Cooperstown. Have you have you started writing the speech yet, or are you last-minute kind of guy? I think I started it about seven or eight times, and every time the piece of paper ends up in the garbage. So uh, uh, eventually I'm going to have to put something down on paper. Uh, <laughs> last time I spoke with Derek, too, he hadn't started yet either. So we're really falling behind and uh, probably need to get something going soon. Larry, I don't have any doubt it's going to be a kick-ass speech, man. Congratulations. Thank you for the time, and looking forward to watching you in Cooperstown, okay? I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. They have it. That's Larry Walker, the Hall of Famer. What a career. Montreal Expos, Colorado Rockies, finished up with the St. Louis Cardinals. See, it's amazing. He had that moment with Randy Johnson. He had 400 against Randy Johnson throughout his career. <laughs> lefty on lefty. Insanity. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.